It's April 20th, 2018. And I'm Six Detmar. And I'm Nick Cease, and this is Bottle Curry Born, a Dota 2 podcast where we talk about Dota 2 occasionally on this very, very here podcast right here. Nick, I'm so excited about the weed number. The the weed number? The You're going to have number. to explain this to me. Oh, you see. Is it so like the golden ratio and like pi? Yes. And stuff? Yes. It is. Okay, it is. So you didn't actually need it explained. You actually, you actually had it. Well, I'm I'm not familiar with like I I use Pi a lot. I'm mm-hmm. an engineering student, so I use Pi. I'm very familiar with Pi. Me and Pi are well acquainted. I mean, you know, engineering people talk about themselves all the time. It's like the common engineering student trope. But let me just you know sidetrack here. Really, I use Pi a lot in my just like day to day. You know, whatever I'm doing. So you could really like if you were going to write a book about me. Ah, shit. Just like off the top of my head, you know, I have like this Google Doc. Like we have a Google Doc for our notes, right? I also have a Google Doc. This is building to a pie cat joke, I swear to God. Pie cat? Oh, that would have been good. But no, his is called like (laughs) pige cat. Well, but it's, it's, you know, Russian or something. But it it sounds like pie cat. No, I was just thinking, I have this Google Doc where every once in a while, you know, when I think of for a a title of my autobiography, or maybe even my, one of my biographies that will be written about me, uh, you could really – I'm going to add it to right now because I just thought about it because you, you brought up uh, the weed number. Uh, you could really call uh, this biography Life of uh, Pi. That was really loud, Nick. I'm sorry. I need to edit these manually. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. So, hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Bottle Crow. Uh, we're here to what? talk about, about Dota and the news. Which which Dota? Uh, the second one, uh, Dota oh, 2. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. cool. I, I heard about it. I heard they, uh, you know, they released that new one recently. There's a lot of overlap um, between between the first and second, but mm-hmm. we are particularly focused on the second and on certain issues that will stand out. Interesting. Okay, just just so I know what you know, our our biases are coming in here. Mm-hmm. We are a a Dota two podcast. We're pro Dota two. And you know, it's reasonable that you're confused as to which one we're talking about because Dota is dying, Nick. That's I'm I'm so sad to hear. So Dota one is dying. Dota two is. Like, you know, also some sort dying. of parasite suck. Oh, okay. So it's a mutual, mutually unbeneficial relationship between Dota it's 1 It's like and they say, Dota Nick, 2. get busy living or get busy dying. Or just, you know, sort of hang out. This bit What's is up? actually going somewhere. It is. Um, so uh, there was an article that came out oh, no. uh, yesterday. An article? Mm-hmm. From a uh, a subsidiary myself. of uh, Polygon, the Flying Courier, which is their little Dota two uh, news and you know and opinions uh, section site subdomain. Um, Please article... tell me more. Tell me more synonyms. Shut up. Uh, and this article is by Victoria Rose. I feel like I know this name. Uh yeah, she runs the. She's like the the main writer for the site. So you've probably okay. seen other stuff of hers. Um, I've, I've, you know, I have, I'm scrolling I don't know through her, her well, uh, what, what this be called, her recent articles, and one of them is a pre-postmortem analysis of patch 7.12. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, she seems to know her stuff. Dota um, pro not, players I'm, get fluff treatment with fan-made pushing pushing gifts. Is that how you say this? Uh, I would. I think so. Yeah. What What so, exactly is a pushing? Actually, it seems like it's a a like round. Uh, the round like potato like body with these tiny stubby arms and legs. Yeah, you got it. And that's that's some of them. This one has a tail. Sumail has a tail, and he's riding some sort of. I could not place this animal if I tried. It's like a yellow cow. You know, sometimes the fact that we go off on tangents is a good thing, and sometimes it's just kind of useless. I'm just browsing this here, the flyingcourier.com that you, you know, you told me about. I'm just trying to do my research. Well, I would navigate over to an article titled, uh, wordfully, here are some new suggestions to improve the Dota 2 newcomer experience. Interesting. I have arrived at this page. You've now reached your destination. Calculate. So, basically, thinking about, about Dota 2, we haven't been experiencing a lot of growth lately. In fact, we've kind of been declining, right? Mm-hmm. And that that graph kind of only goes one way. Once you're going down, you just kind of keep going down unless you can figure out a way to start onboarding players again, right? Mm-hmm. This, is, this is not like any great insight here. <laughs> um, and I feel like Valve's efforts we talked about before to, to get people on board have not quite been up to snuff. Um, that's, that's, that's putting it a little mildly. Like... I was going to say, like, what? But honestly, there just isn't much. Mm-hmm. So there are a couple of there's a couple of suggestions put forward in this article, and the ones I want to talk about specifically um, are two of them. And the first is pre-queuing, right? Pre-queue? What do you mean? Explain. Did you, did you ever play... At like it was, it was called like like team builder or like role picker or something in League of Legends. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, I think it became big right when I left. Yeah, team builder. Something. Right. Yeah. What if Dota had that? And I we've already talked about. Like I think we've talked about this idea somewhat in the past, and we its downsides are obvious, right? Yes. I guess the question is: Is it worth the like twofold? One. Is it worth the sacrifice to try and get some new blood in here? And two, how much would it actually change? Like, because if I pick Crystal Maiden, right? I can count on one hand the number of times I picked a Crystal Maiden and wasn't going support. It's really easy to count to zero on your fingers. <laughs> zero. There we go. I'm already there. My, so, answer, like, I mean, my answer to one is... Wait... Nope, now I've forgotten the order. Whatever, the, the, the <laughs> question I just posed. Go ahead. Just give me your answer. I don't... We've already said how we, we don't like it. Um, how much would it change things? Uh, a lot. I feel like, I mean, think about... So, we no longer have a true random in the game. We've, mm-hmm. for you know probably a decade, we had a random button in the game that would put you on a random hero we no longer have that in any mode it's a stupid thing it's a simple thing but it's a bummer it was cool that you got like bonus gold but that's not really why people did it for the most part it was that like hey you know i want if you just wanted to fuck up someone's day what if you just wanted to go in there and just fuck up a draft and fuck a team (laughs) over 
It's like really taking that away is an assault on the community of Dota Two, and I'm I'm offended. Are you, you anti random button? Are we about yes, to... random button is fucking sucks. I hate You're it. Fucking shitting me. The point of the random button is to make the people around you unhappy. And if people are, and if it's like, well, I picked a random button and it was cool, and the people around me were cool, they were very tolerant of you that day. You're a monster. No, I'm not the one. You're hitting a random. monster. <sighs> I am speaking. I am speaking. The voice of all the quiet, patient supports who decided to put up with your bullshit. And today we are no, we are not silent. You randomed me, po. Fuck you. You can re-random. There was two, it's like, still randoming. Sure, and you don't do it in like fourth or fifth pick. Do you think that it like the instances of people picking bad picks went down considerably when they removed the random button? Yes. Do you think that's oh that's a worthwhile trade? Uh huh. Yes. Like ten thousand percent. I don't know that I've what? ever been as sure of anything on this podcast. How many stupid drafts do we play with constantly? We just played our one game today with somebody who went off lane puck, uh-huh. and they just thought that was a good idea, regardless. Uh, ir- yes, regardless. I almost said irregardless. Regardless of the rest of our draft, it, I have no problem with offline puck, but it was a very bad pick in our game. I mean, I, the difference isn't like not picking what the team needs, though that is a part of the random problem. The other problem is picking heroes you have no idea how to play. But then you shouldn't be randoming. Guess what, though? Guess People don't have a lot of self-control heroes, or respect. <sighs> but, like, it's not even in normal queue. Where do you learn heroes? How do you learn heroes? Go play, play all em. random. You Go play, play all em. random. You play yeah. them. Okay, play it against bots. All, all random is not an answer because then everybody's random. That's not the point of the random button. It's that like you you don't have to choose and it's gonna like create something new and, and spice it up and then you get some bonus gold, which is fun. There probably should be a random button in uh like PVE in like in like te- team matchmaking versus bots or by yourself versus bots. That should have a random button. That's true. Boy, I don't, I don't have any argument against this because we're just like talking about what we feel is best. But oh, I'm so saddened. I'm so saddened. Your anti-random button. I hate it. What were we even talking about? <laughs> yes, I remember. So the random button, it's not here anymore. Mm-hmm. Shit. What were we talking about? <laughs> what was my analogy? I think you're talking about. I, I, if you it know, would be you worth had, it. If you it hadn't gotten to. It, yeah, I guess. Yes. yes. So we no longer have a true random button. However, we have like a random button for 20 heroes. And how does that mm-hmm. solve the issue? Do it you doesn't. still hate the current random button? Sure. But people don't tend to do it. Hmm. Hmm. No, I, I think it's still bad. It just seems like it has effectively disincentivized certain scumbags. <laughs> I guess it has been a while since we've, we've had the true random button. So they've trimmed down the random button. Man, I had a really, I had a really good uh, relationship, relation between these two things. <laughs> I'm sorry that it didn't work out. <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, pre, predetermined hero queue. You pick your hero and roll before the game as you mm-hmm. queue. This is the thing that League of Legends does. I, I very much dislike it. Um, 
and I think I don't know that it would get more people into the game. Actually, your I think your assumption for the first thing on you know if it's worth it if it gets people in the game I don't see like you you have to convince me that this gets people into the game. Okay, I don't see any way in which it does. I mean, like I think there are people who. There could be like lapsed players, or there could be players who play other mobas and would think about tra- about switching and are like, "Wait, like I can't guarantee I'm gonna get to play my role." Fuck this. There are people, and I am not one of them. But there are people who are like, if I'm playing a moba, I am playing either a carry or a support. Like they have their role, and if they're not playing that role, they might as well not be playing, and they're not interested. That's a thing. Uh, you're right. Um, okay, I don't here's... really want them to play Dota. Not in like a completely uh, xenophobic way, but like I don't think that's a good that's a good attitude to have in any game. Like to be that rigid like this. I don't know. Maybe I don't really care. Do you... But do you want to tell me? You want me to tell you someone who's like that, who you know, and I don't know. I don't know if you respect them. <laughs> sure. Who? Uh, his name is Jackie Mao. <laughs> He's a fucking professional player. Uh-huh. And he uh, plays pubs, bring up his... and no, he ruins no, no, people's no, no. pubs, because TV. if he doesn't get his carry, he's out. Lots of Twitch. pro players TV. do that. Eternal Envy. This is a different argument entirely. I know, because I've seen is it? it. Okay, below. Is it? Uh, about me, yada, yada, da, da, FAQ, da, da, da. It's here somewhere. Uh, yes, here. It's in his FS- FAQ carry. It is not support. Okay, why do you no longer play support in public games? Playing support no longer helps me to advance as a player in public games. Support players require the coordination of their teammates, which is hard to get. Sometimes I will play support when stacking, but I rarely queue with anyone. Mm-hmm. At a high level, of course, you have your position and you're going to be the best at it. But even like this is a common thing in like Lee. Everyone has their own things, but we'll occasionally see a switch up from pro players and it's like, Oh, right. They're actually really good at just like the game. So them switching up, isn't the most radical thing. They're not like the training wheels are not suddenly removed. Miracle doesn't fall on his face because he's playing support. If you play league of legends and I have played league of legends, uh, have I played it this year? Maybe not this year, but I played it at least late last year. I played some, uh, Role, the role, the team, team builder, team builder, team builder, that's what it's called, team builder. Uh, the team builder is a thing that a lot of people use. You can still get normal matchmaking matches. If you don't want that, you can just use but the I other think, button. But no, that's, hmm, I'm pretty sure ranked is only team builder, right? I don't know. I don't play ranked. I, I think maybe. I'm like level 27 <laughs> or something in, in league. I think ranked is literally only team builder now. I mean, like, well, then that's them being stupid. Like, we wouldn't have to, like, there are multiple, there are multiple ranked modes in Dota. Like, it's, that's, the, that's a thing we can do. It's their dumbass faults for not being flexible and having multiple ranked modes. Like, I don't see why having, I, there's a, there's a problem if you spread out the player pool so much that, like, it becomes untenable and you can't find matches in one mode or another, which, by the way, has happened. There are modes where you're not going to find a game in a reasonable amount of time. Mm-hmm. But, like, 
having one more mode in, in in like especially in ranked where there are so few options. Like I mean, I think what I would maybe consider doing for ranked is I'd change it to two options for ranked. You can play captain's one is ra- team builder ca- and one is captain's mode. And one is captain's mode? God, no. No. Oh, I'm I'm violently ill. I like all pick. I just am trying to call it down to two. Like I would love to have all three, but I worry Violently about that suggestion. But I worry about I hate, diluting the pools too I much. I hate team builder as a concept of a thing. And but I think, why do you give a shit if you don't have to participate in it? What do you mean? If that's the only thing that there is, I just told you, you that everybody's going to queue captain's mode. You think I have a bonus twenty minutes per game to play? That would be yeah, miserable. Right. And then you have to play captain's mode. When solo queuing, that's just... Is random oh. draft still in ranked? I think so, yeah. Okay, well then cut it and put Team Builder in that slot. That makes more sense. I, I guess, but then... I mean, that's just segmenting. I, that's a better solution, like a much better solution. That's one that's like at least tenable to me. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think that's... I'm not, a... trying to, I'm not trying to take away your... Oh, wait, no, uh, you said pick. ranked. Yeah, to have this in ranked is bullshit. I don't like the <laughs> idea of people being ranked based on their, oh, literally only their best hero. Like everybody's gonna have a specialization, but I well, think it's not cool necessarily. That your I mean, like, ability is part you of. You still have to pick multiple MMR. heroes as part of team builder. You pick a role. You don't pick a hero. Pick well. <laughs> this suggestion Again, says you would pick a hero as well. No, this suggestion. Actually yeah, I know. I'm, 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 I'm derailing so wanna, from there. You're talking about roles. Yes, because I think... Well, I then think people, I, will, people will troll. Then you have to have heroes. If people don't pick roles and not heroes, then what, do everybody report them? And Is that the way it's going to work? I think you'd still have people troll, and they would pick, what? you know, Crystal Maiden Carry or Animage Support. I mean, like, okay, well, they can do that right now. Yeah, but they then just you don't can, have to announce you can adjust. it. You can adjust here. I don't understand what you're this saying. Is the whole point is that you don't adjust here. When you get in the game, you're in the... Like, right now, you could pick, right? You've dre- you've built your four-person team, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, all we need is a safe lane carry, and then that person could pick Crystal Maiden. Mm-hmm. And you'd have to make the adjustment in-game. Once you're in the game, there's nothing in Hero Picker that stops you from getting farm. I'm talking about this exact situation when someone directly like picks a different thing than their role will work for. Like Dota 2 is very flexible, but you can't play Crystal Maiden hard carry seriously in rank. Well, then don't enable her as a hard carry in that mode. Okay, this is where I was trying to get you. Now you've determined positions for people in in mm-hmm. Dota 2. Yep. You've locked their positions for people in Dota 2. And where do you draw the line? I would have some heroes be flexible. I would have some heroes not be flexible. The ones who aren't. Like, I'm sorry, your Dazzle offlane's not going to work. What the hell? That's situationally fine. Uh, And if you like that, then don't play Team Builder. This is so fucking easy, Nick. This is so garbage, though. Okay, so here here are a few things that I'm going to say before we continue this. One... If you want to get new people in, you can't just say, well, we're not going to change anything about Dota. New people just need to show up. That's not going to happen. You have to, like, if you want to convince new people to get interested in Dota, you have to meet them in the middle. 
that may 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 mean I, I compromises. Really, that don't I really, I don't want to go back to this completely, but I don't see how Team Builder in Dota Two gets more people into the game. Like, sure, it happens more in League, and like maybe maybe League players would come over, but I still don't mm-hmm. understand. I did, I disagree that it would get people into the game necessarily. Okay. I mean, like, like I think made the only way you that, learn Dota so. is in the fiery pits of hell. Like Victoria says, like you know, people might have played Sniper or DK or something in the tutorial, and now they want to actually play, but maybe it gets sniped when they go to actually play. Like, if you're gonna be a person who plays Dota, you're gonna have to deal with it. And I don't want to be like, oh, you know, they just should, they should just learn how hard Dota is, and they should just suck it up. But you like, I hate. The con, the idea that you would remove the entire part of Dota, it's like okay, you have to be somewhat flexible in picking heroes. It, mm. There's so much more depth to it than than in our like drafts than in League of Legends. Like I played League of Legends team builder ranked for a while, like at the end of my time there, and I really I didn't like it. And also like you know you would queue as a support and like instantly get a match. And then you'd queue as a carry, and then you'd have to wait forever <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with that, frankly. As uh, a support player, I'm fine with that. You, have, <laughs> you never experienced this in League. Yeah, Maybe I did. That's, you did? I thought you said you yeah. never play ranked. I don't play ranked, but you can play Hero Pecker if you're not playing ranked. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I, and also, I, I mean, also, I've experienced it through World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy XIV, where I queue for a dungeon, and I queue as a healer, and I get an instant queue. Or IQ is a DPS, and I have to wait half an hour. Yeah, but those those are that's a very different. Sure, game. that's that's only the Q experience that I'm talking about. Okay. Otherwise, okay. it's a very different experience. Yeah. I understand that. Like, I I I agree with you that one of the things I value about Dota is the flexibility of it. I also recognize that there are people for whom the flexibility is not what they value. They want to play the thing they want to play. And they're going to have to, you know, like, I'm not just going to be like, well, okay, let's make it so you can have, you know, as many snipers as you want in a game. Like, I'm not going to fucking go there, right? Like, no, fuck that. But there are certain compromises that I would be willing to make for a, a, for a side mode that I would probably not play very much. I mean, you know, no harm, no foul if it's just like a side mode, but... Something strikes me very, very off about having this kind of thing. Okay. Like removing one of the core parts of Dota to me. And it's like, yeah, I mean, if it's its own thing, that's fine. But why are you... I feel the way about this you feel about, like, custom games and, like, the special modes, I think. Just like, like why are you not playing I'm real Dota? Just, like, uninterested in this. Why would you, why would you do this? You're not... Hmm. You're playing a different game. It's more literal for like custom games or like the games based on Dota that modify stuff, but like it's taking all the all the mechanics and all the heroes and then just being like, okay, let's remove this key aspect of the game. And I mean, it's an it's not like oh, this is you know the shining you know aspect of the game we all love is the fact that sometimes you can't play what you want. It's more like not. I don't want to enable. People are just like, oh, I'm a hero spammer, yada, yada, yada. And I especially don't want it in ranked because then you have people who are ranked because they can only play carry or something. And I don't think that makes you very good. Like, I think you'd get way better if you play more positions because you can understand the game more. 
Dota is too much about strategy to just say, I will only play the the rook, fuck the pawns. <laughs> so I think traditionally, just be bad. traditionally, when you subtweet someone, uh, you usually do it not to their face. Is usually how you, <laughs> this works. What, what happened? I'm I'm absolutely a support spammer. I'm one thousand percent a support spammer. Yeah, I can't like I cannot hang at my MMR as a carry. I cannot. Yeah, but you play offlane. I do play offlane. That's true. And I these days am mostly a uh, a carry spammer. But like I'm, I balance. I I have a I think a closer balance between carry and uh, support than like you do for the most part. Mm. Just because I love playing Oracle, probably <laughs> most of my games as supporters are uh, the Oracle. Mm-hmm. Like, but I mean, but that's like, fine. You're not like, oh, I will only play support. Like, we're queuing together, and you're like, no, I, I will only play team builder, and queue is crystal made and queue is support. You like okay, understand well, the concepts of uh, the other lanes because you've played those. Sure, but like going back to, and I know you dismissed it, but I don't want to. Okay. Um, going back to the example of Jackie Mao, or any pro player who is like, okay, I am playing like a carry and if i don't get carry i'm going to abandon or i'm going to feed or whatever right Mm -hmm. is that okay simply because they're good at the game it's not okay but i understand why they do it all right would you understand why someone lower down did it nope why not because it's a very false like these are two very different things just explain the difference for me one person is doing it for their job. One person is doing it because they don't want to learn. Like, they just want to learn one aspect of the game. One person is just trying to value literally their time, like their their job time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make it any better. Like, you're still ruining these other people's games and stuff because you are playing a video game. But, like, I understand why they do it. Yeah, I, I don't... It... I think to it's me, a different it thing. Like and a... If I, they would never use Team Builder Q because there's... No, you know the queues are way too long, anyways. You, it wouldn't work. That's true. They probably wouldn't. That's true. Um, especially because higher up, I think it would be less like higher up, especially because so many people like. I think you get higher up by understanding all aspects of the game too. Well, and also because higher up, there's this dynamic of like. So you remember when when first when the first the patch hit, where it's like, oh, you can see people like the highest MMR in your game, right? Yeah. And for, like, a couple of weeks there, it was like, oh, that person should play carry. Right? Mm-hmm. And then that kind of wore off. I think at higher tiers, it kind of never did. It's still kind of around, too. Which is a bad thing, though. But... Yeah. But, like, especially higher up, there's this sort of culture of, like, well, okay, all of us got this high probably by playing carries. Because support, like, dedicated support players don't get this high at MMR. Right? And so probably for most of us, if not all of us, carry is our main and the person with the highest MMR plays carry, and other people play carry when someone higher MMR than them is in the game, and they have to yield. Yeah, like, for the most part. But a high MMR is, like, a very special thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, if you're going to redo a matchmaking system, you've got to consider all tiers, right? I, I guess, but this wouldn't be redoing it. Like, you're talking yeah. about having to be a side thing. I don't know. What if what if you graduated through tiers? Here's another idea that is also probably bad and will get shot down. What if uh, like w- if you were like zero to one point five k, 
you used team builder and then you graduated to all pick and then you graduated to well no you'd never graduate to captain's draft because just the numbers wouldn't work out on that but uh, please tell me you don't like this i just think it's interesting i don't think it's a good idea okay the reason i'm being so negative towards it is because uh <laughs> because we, we've you know i've now boldly come out saying you know in favor of the random button and now you're like hmm. Let's consider, what if you could only queue for a position <laughs> before you hit 5K, which, you know, I will never be. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, no. Um, I just, I, I, I didn't like it when League did it, and I feel like it's even more of a big deal in Dota to not be, a not like, I don't like it when people hero spam, and that's the only thing they will do. It's like, you know, I don't either, but people are sometimes, that way. Like sometimes you got to fucking use conflict resolution, real life skills on the Internet. It turns out because you're just dealing with, you know, four other meat sacks in front of a keyboard. Sometimes, you know, it has to happen. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like we're in this position where we want or at least I feel like most sensible people would like more people to play Dota, would like like the community to grow again. Right. Because it's good for the game. Yeah. But we're also unwilling to compromise on any elements of it in order to do that. It's kind of like, well, then fuck out of here. You're not serious. I mean, I'm not, I'm not serious, actually, personally. <laughs> I've talked okay. about before how I don't think Dota is the right game for most, many, many, many people. Like, it's a hard game to learn. Like, we're still fucking talking about it every week. Like, how the fuck did that happen? You don't just, like, instantly understand everything. It's not pure strategy. It's not pure action. Like, God, fighting games I'm so bad at and I don't find fun. Like, I... So I've been playing Street Fighter a little bit. And, like, I uninstalled it recently. And I've done this before. I like the, like, button mashing and, like, chaining together-ness of it. But I could just, like, get that in Diablo or something else. I like I've tried to play Street Fighter. It's so boring. And I was like trying to look up guides and there was this one person who said something that really like it was a light bulb that went off in my mind. They said, you know, Street Fighter is a game, but before it's a game, it's a skill. You have mm-hmm. to actually get skilled at the at the thing before it becomes a game. I'm like, that's why I'm not having fun because like I'm not even playing the game. Okay, <laughs> I uninstalled because I do not enjoy like acquiring this skill of like, okay, let me memorize the, you know, getting off topic, the frame data and stuff and these combos, these strings of inputs I need to do for this play. I'm like, this has zero appeal to me. I feel like that's part of the way that Dota is. Not, Mm. you know, for better or for worse, like it's a very deep game. And so like, sure, it's nice to have new players, but there's, it's very much a scale that you can tweak. Like, do we go super simple? Do we have everybody be Wraith King and only have one button? No, obviously not. And then you don't want to, you know, have 5,000 heroes or something like that. Game balance reasons aside, you know, the impossibility of that. Like, I, it's going to be this balancing act. And I don't want Dota to die, and I want Dota to be big, and I want Dota to get bigger, and, you know, all those things. But there is... Like, everyone's going to have their own personal feelings on how, uh, I don't want to say dumbed down, but, like, how simple or how streamlined, how much they want the game to change in order to accomplish that. And I don't, Hmm. like, I think, unless you make significant changes, I don't think most people would like to play Dota. No, 
but it wouldn't take I don't think it would take that much for more people to want to. I feel I, like there are people I on I the I mean edge. across the board though like mm-hmm. I don't have stats on this this week because you know we're just talking right now across the board of like MOBAs like it's not growing like yeah. it used to. That's and true. I think that's going to be fine. Mm. Like League of Legends, I'm pretty sure Riot has not released their numbers in a while because they're like going down. True. True. I don't know. I feel like most like the other thing that makes me wary of of going too much on your side on this is I feel like every instance I've seen in the Dota community of a of like of a valve floating a change to make things like friendlier or like mm-hmm. easier where the the hardcore have been like um, a skill cap or whatever in basically every instance i think the community has been wrong hmm. i don't want to put you on the spot do you have any examples i'm trying to think of something like that i mean like comeback gold is one i think comeback gold's a good <sighs> idea there was a point where the numbers were too hard but like it's a good idea i mean it is a good idea yeah but I don't think that's necessarily a beginners versus other people thing. Oh, or like the there were like changes to like shift queuing and stuff. I mean, like you know, there have been little mechanical changes along the way, or like the way some skills work. I don't, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to think of examples on the spot, as you say. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, I if you know if I wanted to if I wanted to drop that point, I probably should have had something to back it up. Um, I mean, I, I get the general like feel of what you mean, but. Mm-hmm. Most of the time when people are saying my skill cap that's like ever happened in Dota, it's like, yeah, whatever. And then we all get used well, to it. Here's here's one. Here's here's one that's fairly straightforward. Uh, it used to be that if you invoked a spell you already had, invoke went on cooldown. Now it doesn't. Hmm. Uh, that's a really basic my skill cap moment. Yeah. It just and I don't think it hurts at all. Hmm. Yeah, no, not at all. So that is I just feel a like, pure my skill cap thing. Yeah, and I feel like, I, you know... It's, it's, it's part of it is because I feel like Ice Frog and, and the Dodo 2 team have had a good nose for this, right? And it, it's like, yeah. it's, it's a logical fallacy to say, like, well, every time they've done this so far, it's been okay. So obviously any changes I suggest will be okay. <laughs> uh, it's like, no, that's not how this works. I mean, there's um, some changes that are muskill cap and there's some changes that are still technically muskill cap, but it's just like making the game fun for 99% of people. Like that invoker change. I, like yeah it is literally a skill cap thing like oh you didn't know you had alacrity cast so you deserve to have invoke go on cooldown it's like well yeah sure that is like a skill thing but is that a fun skill to have is it a fun skill to like dedicate a piece of ram in your brain constantly to thinking about what spells you have probably not yeah like i don't that comes off as just a boring mechanic to me mm-hmm but then there's other key, more key mechanics like you know knowing other heroes, being a little bit more flexible in your roles and stuff like that, that I think are more literally your skill cap type deals. Yeah, that's fair. And, and yeah, I don't know. It's a tricky. It's a tricky problem. I think as people get better at Dota, they should be required to to be skilled at more than just one element of the game. Um, hmm. I definitely. Do. I mean, I just think that's how they get better. Like that's the way to be better is to not be a. a like a juggernaut spammer always saying, you know, we need wards, we need wards, we need wards. It's like, well, actually, <laughs> l- listen up, Sonny. Let me tell you a thing or two about fucking wards. But also, on the other hand, like, so here's a theoretical person, right? You're talking to this person. This person is like, I w- you know, I want to play Dota, but I really wish we had a team builder, right? 
Okay. And they're like, I- I've played Dota and I had some fun with it, but like, I don't, you know, I'm not interested in all this, this, you know, like, I don't want to play a support or whatever, right? And you're like, well, that's how you get better at the game, right? Mm-hmm. And they say, I don't care about getting better at the game. I want to play the game. I want to play the part of the game I like. And if I don't like that part of the game, I won't play it. Why are you making me play parts of the game I don't like? What if I told you that's the The war could be over tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) What if I told you you're always getting better at the game? That's the thing about Dota. It's trying to be better than your enemy by getting better. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but a key part of the Mm -hmm. game is trying to maximize how good you are at the game. Hmm, This is getting very like game existential (laughs) as I try to think about if this makes sense. But but like on the other hand, like it's not like it's it's not an attitude I have towards Dota, but like it's pretty close to an attitude I have towards Overwatch. Hmm. I'm there to have a good time. I don't really care if I'm like if I'm getting better, that's nice. That's me too. I'm not really there to try and get better though. That's me too. I mean I'm not like directly trying to be like you know, oh, I gotta get better at this thing in Dota. This match, I'm gonna work on my last hitting. Something, something. Like I get that, but when you're learning a new game, I reject the fact that I reject the players who say like, "Oh, I only want to get good at X." I'm playing Go Fish. I only really want to be good at collecting the club cards. I don't really want to engage in the side of the game where you have to collect the hearts. Well, I think you're making a distinction that is not necessarily fair. Like, if you are playing, if you're like, I want to play carry, and I want to get good at all parts of being a carry, but I want to play a carry, from match to match, that could be fine. Yeah. Maybe as an overall trend, it's problematic, but like, who is it problematic for? Who does that hurt? The entire community, because then everybody's like, very divisive. You have to hope, well, no, you have to have team builder, otherwise you have to hope that you have the right like splattering of hero spammers on your team to have a good team or somebody's incredibly disappointed they can't also be like the fourth juggernaut player on the team Hmm. but i think like when you're learning a new game like this is why i think like i don't know how many people really would get into dota you have to learn about any new game you start playing like if i was i'm gonna go buy right now on steam cook serve delicious 2 i have to learn about a bunch of you know you shit. have to learn about absolutely nothing it's the perfect game <laughs> absolutely not. if Make i'm gonna go play invoker. soccer you know i'm a defense player you have to know about the other positions right you have to know what the sure. striker is going to come do so you can defend against them this, mm-hmm. uh, at this point these analogies are very worthless but like i that is part of the game that kind of sucks and in dota it's a little weird because you don't directly have to engage with the other sides of the game and nobody is well almost nobody is equally good at everything for the most part like Mm -hmm. people normally have some sort of speciality but that that'll even change like i wasn't always a carry player all the time and even now like i still like to support a lot well but like I could, I can imagine that there are some hockey players who are quite, like, some professional hockey players who can't goalie for shit, who couldn't goalie, like, period. Yeah. So, in that sport, that works out, right? That people just have a role and they stick to it? Yeah. (laughs) 
I mean, it's not like it's not like the it's not like the fucking juggernaut sitting in the jungle the entire game and occasionally pinging. We need wards. It's not like he doesn't know what supports do. He doesn't appreciate it. He's a shitlord and he could fuck himself. Uh, but like he understands what wards do. He understands how healing works. He understands how stacking <laughs> works. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but like so in the overall structure of the game, he's thinking in terms of a carry positions mindset. I'm farming the jungle, therefore I need wards in my jungle to be safe. So you're saying he's part of the taker generation? Yeah, exactly. He's fucking millennial. He's a man. leech. Avocado toast. That's why Avocado you can't afford to rape your My god. <laughs> Wait, this is our final form. Hello, uh, and I'm Nick Cease, and welcome to Bottle Crow Reborn. Do you know what a bottle is? Of course you don't. You're a dirty millennial. Back in my day, you could put your bottle onto the courier, and we called it a chicken. Or a crow. Sometimes was it also it was a called crow. a crow? I've only ever heard people call it a chicken. Why is it called bottle crowing? It must have been called a crow, too. Otherwise, I what think, the hell? I think in early versions of Dota, it was using the, like, the, the crow form of, uh, what the fuck is his name, Medivh? Guardian of Tears Fall, he had a, like a form where he turned into like oh, a crow. Oh, you're right, you're right. Yeah. And I, I think they that. used the model for that at some point in Dota. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I I have I think I've like I was this gonna go in further. Lore of the week. I think I've gone for like I had more stuff I wanted to talk about with this article, but like honestly, mostly I just wanted to talk about the idea of of having to make compromises for the sake of newer players and whether that was worth it. So I feel like mm-hmm. we got what we needed. Uh, we yeah. can move on. Yeah. So what's next, Nick? Man, where do we go from here? We we we've, we've been talking very serious for a very long time. Do we break it up? Sure. Let's get a little. Let's get a little snippet in the middle. A little little palate cleanser. Do you, Do you ever watch Fails of the Week? Uh, I have. It's been a while, but I okay. I I do enjoy some some Fails of the Week. Yeah. You do. You enjoy it too. Sure. I mean, you okay. know, it's it's fun. Great. If if nobody knows what we're talking about, Dota Cinema, uh, namely Suns Fan, Slacks, and Neil does like the editing stuff. Uh, every week, every quote unquote week, <laughs> they release a video called Fails of the Week, which is you know people if in the Dota community submit clips to them of their Dota Two games of particularly funny moments, normally of failure. There's like over two hundred of these now. They're just, they're great. Something about Suns Fan and Slacks together. It like, it smooths over Slacks cringy edges to me. And it, uh, it stretches Suns Fan's somewhat dry, somewhat incredibly goofy humor. And it just twists it into this beautiful taffy of just goofiness. I think the thing that really makes it is the way that they're, they seem always somewhat unprepared. <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, Sun, only Suns fan watches the clips, apparently. Huh. Beforehand. So, like, because he has to introduce this stuff. So he said, like, I think in maybe the latest one, or I was going through, like, a few of them this week. They're just, like, they're such solid pick-me-up goofs. It's like, you know, whenever you just need a good goof, I've just, you know, fuck it. I'll just watch two, three, thirty minutes of fails of the week. And he said he's the only one who watches it, mm-hmm. but still, like the play. Well, Neil, Neil gets... is the one who picks them, I think. Yeah, that's true. And then I think and he sends it to Shannon. 
actually the nature of usually my favorite jokes on a given episode is them being like, and here's the, I don't know why Neil thought we needed to see this one. It's like, oh, I guess Neil thought we needed to see that one again. (laughs) I love it when, so sometimes they'll have like instant replays, you know, and Neil will zoom in or he'll go into spectator mode and sometimes he just edits it really poorly. So like he'll go into spectator mode for an instant replay and it's just a tree. (laughs) <laughs> like he just blocks the action with a tree and so slacks the screen. Neil, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, I'm just amazed. Like there's, it's only because of the personalities that it works. And so it's mm-hmm. just amazing because normally this kind of like yelling exasperation type gag, you know, works for the most part, but then it gets old. This just doesn't get old for me. I love fails of the week. Hmm. Nick, what if we were to get serious again? Okay, let, let's get into it. Okay, Nick, you've I'm got some more, more things to say about the DPC. Yes, we buried the lead here so people didn't instantly turn off the podcast thinking it was 50 more minutes of talking about the DPC. This is just follow-up halfway through the podcast. Just follow-up because uh, I think it was Knoxville here wrote an article, more articles. Uh, he released this on Medium. Uh Talking about the whole hubbub with the DPC system and the points and all. And it's just kind of, I'm bringing it up because it's one of the points I wanted to make. So Knoxville is part of Dat Dota, right? In Dat Dota, they have all sorts of data on Dota. Incredible. One of the things they do is they have team rankings and they use the Elo system and like Glinko, uh, Glico, like all these different rating systems, which are more complicated algorithms that track like a team's performance. They do all the stuff I was talking about where if like a lower tier team, a, a team that's ranked lower, it's basically like a more advanced version of MMR with that's less than minus 25 plus 25. You would gain like 50 points if uh, you're, you know, team A and you beat EG, you get 50 points. Whereas if EG beats you, they get five points, that kind of thing. And it's, this is just what I mean in terms of like, he mentions the DPC is not supposed to rank teams. Like, that's not the goal of the DPC. The goal of the system, I mean the goal in, like, what the nature of the system naturally causes. It's not like the DPC is sentient, hopefully. But the goal of it is to judge a team's team's performances over an entire year. That's Mm -hmm. all it does, because you can't lose points. And so even if you're, you know, the hot shit, you win every major the first half of the year, you could still fall. Or you, you won't fall because you don't, like, have points to K. So Liquid can win 50% of the majors and then just fuck off for half the year while the other teams fight amongst themselves because nobody's ever going to push them out of the top eight. That's what the system is supposed to do. So the fact that or- tournament organizers use the DPC rankings at any point in time to determine invites is wrong. Like, hmm. that's not what the system should do. There's these really like tried tried true tested blah 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 algorithms and rating systems that are used in a lot of different sports or competition type stuff this is what should be used to determine invites asterisk because there's also the aspect of like entertainment stuff and that that all makes sense like you you're not going to just invite the top 8 teams based on their elo at the moment but you shouldn't say like, oh, well, you know, we invited the top 10 teams based on the DPC points because I think this is what, uh, whatchamacallit, whoever the, whoever the latest drama was over 
when they release their invites. They're like, oh, but we did it based on, you know, the DPC rankings a few months ago. And it's like, yeah, you shouldn't have done that. Like, if you want to, quote unquote, invite the best teams, which is not the goal of invites, as we mentioned over and over and over, you should use a better, you should use a ranking system. You shouldn't use the DPC. Mm -hmm. It's all, like, he mentions more about the actual stats and stuff in this article. It's very interesting. If you want to look it up, it's Knoxville on medium.com. Uh, it's basically the difference between negative and positive feedback. Like negative feedback is what a ranking system does. So if a team is, you know, if our last team DLG Defy logic gaming was invited to all these majors, then we might actually have DPC points. If we like, we're able to, you know, we're not that good. We weren't ever that good, but if we were able to get to some sort of ranking you know, like we get any DPC points, then mm -hmm. we're more likely to be invited to the next tournament, despite the fact that the, the initial error was us being invited, right? If there's error sure. injected into the system with some sort of weird invite of a bad quote unquote team, that's going to positively feedback into the system because then you'll just get invited or you have a higher chance of being invited later. If you just have a negative feedback system, that just means you're actually correcting based on what happens. So if we were invited and, you know, maybe we won a few like flukes against some lower tier teams who are in the main bracket then we won't actually get a lot of, you know, quote unquote points through a negative feedback system. So we're less likely to be wrongly invited the next time. Th that was my main issue with this whole DPC stuff. It's like you're, you're, you're continuing and you're just propagating this error through the system versus actually looking at the data. Show me the data. So here's the thing, Nick. Nobody cares. <laughs> No. It's not about that. Uh, you actually convinced me. Shit. Actually, that's actually a really good argument. Okay. Well, well, shit. <laughs> like, I'm not, like, I set it up like a joke, but no, genuinely. You just kind of got me. Like, no, actually, that's a really good point. All right. <laughs> well, I'm, Maybe I'm the DPC's kind of busted. I'm, I'm just glad that we're, you can understand where I'm coming from. Yeah, no, actually, like, that that point about, like, yeah, like barely scraping by in a tournament enough to get points gets you an invite to the next tournament where you can scrape by and get points. And it's like the fact that you're not finishing in the money, that you're barely getting points, should not be an indicator that you need to continue to get invites. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's just, it's about, he talks more about like tournament format stuff too. And I thought that was interesting because it, it oh yeah, this, I wanted to bring this up too. Because it's not just about, oh, well, you know, Fnatic is better than, you know, OG, they should be invited. It's about creating the most entertaining tournament, too. Like, all this hubbub mm -hmm. about the bad formats isn't just bad for the players. Because for the most part, last episode, we are like, you know, honestly, most people won't care about this stuff. Like, it doesn't affect it. But the, the format especially, and the invites to eh, almost an equal extent, they affect the entertainment quality of the tournament, too. And Best like, of ones suck. Yeah, best of one suck, but also the way you design the qualifiers in the bracket determines how likely you are to reward an underdog. Like mm. if you have, and I mean the most easy example, we have, say we have uh, Liquid and Newbie, they're in like a best of one in, I don't know, the lower bracket or something, or, you know, somehow it ends up best of one Liquid and Newbie, this TI. And if it's like a best of one, then like, what the hell now you've knocked out like these are the two best teams, you know, some of the best teams, and they've just knocked each other out 
early on, you don't want that. You want to have teams like play and then as the tournament progresses you narrow down like the top competitors you don't want to get rid of the top competitors immediately you want to give them a chance to actually you know filter through somewhat and so if if you have a bad format then you're gonna not you're gonna have like worse dota games so people would be less likely to watch our tournament Hmm. or at least less likely to enjoy the tournament to remember your tournament to want to go to your tournament you know all these sort of capitalistic things that actually do matter. You want to encourage a entertaining format and entertaining storyline while still maintaining competitive integrity. You know a thing that you just made me realize that we'd never talk about? What? Dota never... I don't think Dota's ever done a real double elimination tournament. I don't think we've ever done one. I think I know what you mean in terms of... Because you've mentioned fighting games do this. The grand finals, the loser right. should have to win twice. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. it's the the idea of a double elimination tournament is you have to lose twice, a, a no double what. elimination, to actually be eliminated. So that means mm-hmm. that the people in grand finals, if they went through winner's bracket, should have to lose twice in order to be killed. Um, killed is a choice of words. <laughs> yes, um, that's what happens <laughs> at the end of TI. It was so sad when we lost all five members of Newbie. Gabe personally walked out and he, he pulled you know the, the cord out and they all dropped to the gallows. Rest in peace Newbie 2017. Let's start the killing game. Um, yeah, I, it's just like, I wonder, like that's a concession that we make for entertainment, right? It would be mm-hmm. really grueling. And logistics. Logistics and also just entertainment because it'd be really just <laughs> miserable to be like, okay, you have to win like basically like six, six games, games of Dota. Like, just, oh my god, that's like, actually awful. no. We'll just take second place. We're gonna go home and sleep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, on the other hand, though, like one of the like I don't think it's a worthwhile trade off in this case. But one of the most magical things is seeing like is seeing the underdog, the person who came from losers, just like like. The, Especially when it's like, it's such a situation where, okay, they met in, in like, you know, round two of, of winner's bracket and, and team A knocked team B down to losers, right? Mm-hmm. And then team A goes all the way to the finals and team B <laughs> plows through the loser's bracket, makes it back there. And they're like, guess what, motherfucker? In the meantime, <laughs> I figured you out. And it's, it's the raddest shit. Um, just seeing I mean, them we take see, those straight we, games. We see that kind of, uh, that's what EG did when they won TI, right? Mm-hmm. Because I yeah. think they played wings early on, yeah, and like those are those are the best stuff. But I'm sure seeing them have to play basically two grand finals, they have to win two grand finals, would be even more like cool. Like <laughs> get punked, we figured you out. But yeah. yeah, it's just I mean I wouldn't watch two best of fives, man. No, well I mean you could turn it into you could change it into two best of threes at that point. But it it could just be you can't really because it would just be one best of three, right? If the winner. True. If the wins. winner won, that it would be. And then it's like, oh well, they won two games. Maybe yeah. they could have, you know, maybe it would have yeah. been different if there was a third game. Who knows? Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Well, Nick, we've got a bunch of other. We got some other stuff on the notes, but I think we should just head straight into Jackie's Chow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, I almost did the I'm McDonald's Chow. <laughs> I'm Jackie's Chow. <laughs> hey, everybody, it's me, Ronald Mickey E. Mickey Donald. I'll, I'll workshop this later.
All right, Nick. Well, let's talk about let's. We're not really going to teach you a recipe this week. No, I'm afraid I can oh. teach you. I can teach you one very simple recipe. I can teach you one very simple recipe that oh. will make you happy. But oh, um, maybe I don't fucking know. Um, but we're not talking <laughs> what are about. We talking about. We're talking about drinks and drink pairings, and also especially tea. Drink pairings, very interesting. Uh-huh. So you're gonna give me the lowdown on what wine and you know what year, what vintage, excuse me, what varietal, and what you know lo- geographic location I should be sourcing my wine from for my meal this evening. I'm actually more of a cocktail kind of person, so I came up with this cocktail, oh. right? Okay, uh, I call it Ultimate Despair. Oh, this is just getting too meta. Uh, and it is uh, eight ounces of Strawberita, <laughs> and then six ounces of Mountain Dew ice, and you just sort of pour them into one glass and then drink it. Oh, God, I've had a couple of these. You... They're okay. Why would why would one do this to one? Okay, so to be clear, people a lot of people don't know this. Mountain Dew ice is the new flavor of Mountain Dew, which is basically just Seven Up. Mountain Dew ice, and this isn't like the Kool Aid ice Holy once went down, right? No, no, no. This I mean, this is just Seven Up with caffeine in it, basically. It's lemon, a lemon lime soda, ice. huh? Yeah, that's that seems to be the case. So it's actually a good mixer. Ice. I guess yeah. it would be, yeah. But why would you need to mix something with a strawberryita? I don't know that I've ever had a strawberryita. It's I, mostly I'm just because the sure idea. It's 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 the idea of making a cocktail with a strawberryita. That's the ultimate it's despair. The, is the fact that using it as a cocktail <laughs> ingredient <laughs> is depraved. That sure, that does sound like the ultimate despair cocktail. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, no, actually, I'm mostly not going to focus on on alcohol. If you want to do some alcohol type pairings, that would be actually okay. cool. But I don't like, I don't really drink very much. Um, yeah. So we've we've talked about else. before. <laughs> Did was it this podcast that we talked about the uh, the beef stew and wine debacle? Is that where was it? Bottle Crow. I think it was uh, Oops All Anime, maybe, but I'm not sure. Okay, whatever. Yeah. No, it was a bottle crow because, yeah, because Jen wasn't subjected to it. It was just you and me right. arguing. <laughs> Viewers, please, please email me at nick at bottlecrow.com if you can remember the beef stew wine uh, incident. The beef stew beef. The, the worst, most terrible incident to ever happen to any podcast. <sighs> but, so. Hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you reset. Here we go. So when you like when you go out to a restaurant or something, you'll get you know you'll get a drink, right? And it's just sort of like you know waiter comes up and that's that's the first thing you order, right? Mm-hmm. It's like okay, while well, while we're waiting, can I get you? May something? get you anything to drink? And I am of the opinion that this is like it's understandable. People are going to want something to drink while they wait, mm-hmm. but it's also a mistake. Oh, because you are already getting off on the wrong foot your drink and your food should work in harmony they should be of a piece a team mm-hmm. like here's here's one i'm not going to recommend this as a pairing but incidentally anytime i get chinese food i get orange soda that sounds pretty good i feel like it works really well together and yeah. that's the kind of thinking like if you've already picked your drink it's like well okay then like that sort that elements off the table unless you reorder it once you've decided on your food or one, if you're looking at the menu being like, well, I got a Dr. Pepper, what works with Dr. Pepper? Which is not a good way to go. <laughs> what works with, excuse me, 
Excuse me, waiter. I've, I've, I see that you, uh, you know, I've consumed about half of my Dr. Pepper here. What could you recommend to, to pair with the remaining glass of this beverage? Oh, is it a, is a 93? Or? <laughs> a Dr. Pepper from 1993. Yes, it's very, uh, mm, it has it's a very, very nice crisp. Metallic uh, taste. <laughs> it seems like, oh, it actually has, you know, seeped through the bottom of the can. That would be mm-hmm. one explanation. It's really picked up the character of the aluminum. They're British now? Apparently. I, whenever okay. I do some sort of stupid accent on the show, it normally devolves into just any shit that comes through my mind. All right. That's fair enough, I guess. Yeah. So one that I'm going to recommend real quick is just a classic, a good classic pairing. So I was never a big fan of green tea, right? Okay. I just find it kind of boring. Hmm. It's like, okay, this is fine, but it's really just kind of like, eh, it's whatever, right? Okay. But if you ever make teriyaki, teriyaki is this, you know, like savory, but overwhelmingly, it's also quite sweet. And I think teriyaki is incredible when it's paired with a green tea because the green tea is like this nice like hmm. almost like hmm just like mellow palate cleanser right because it has it's hmm. not just like drinking water it has a flavor and it washes over it but it's just sort of like okay you just had you just had a bite of of good quality teriyaki and it's kind of intense and here just mellow out for a sec in between bites hmm. yeah i can i i I like the concept of tea as like a thing to have with a, a meal in general because tea is naturally it has it normally at least has some sort of astringent quality based mm-hmm. on the uh oh I used to know the word and actually it's the tannins it's the same thing ah, as in yes. wine yeah it's the like cleansing you know ness the dryness of something tea has a bunch of that and so it will naturally like you know clean your palate which basically you know means it it cuts fat and stuff mhm it is nice. I, I like that idea. But, hmm. And I, it seems weird to me, I, as I'm thinking about having teriyaki and having green tea, it sounds sounds right to me. And mm-hmm. having black tea would sound weird. However, yes. I'm generally actually not a black tea fan. I think I'm the opposite of you. Like, hey. I, I would more enjoy... I didn't drink tea almost at all, basically, until a few years ago. Because I thought I really didn't like it. But I actually just don't like regular, like, whatever you would call black tea. I think hmm. I, I really like green tea and like, like brown tea, this roasted green tea that mm-hmm. is sold at this Chinese market I go to. It's pretty good, too. Well, it's time for a cross-examination, because what kind of black teas have you been drinking? Black tea is a really big world. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't I don't know. Is that like saying I don't like red wine? I'll have I, a it, Pinot Gris. It is. It is actually. That's actually a very fair comparison. It okay. is a lot like saying I don't like red wine. <laughs> I um, know. I, yeah, I know. You've talked about Irish breakfast, English breakfast, Earl Grey mm-hmm. all the time, and I just I don't have much to to compare to. I think I've had some Earl Grey in the past, and then I've had just regular run of the mill black tea bag. So I'm sure we have some listeners who like Earl Grey tea, right? And Probably. I my hat is off to them. Earl Grey. Earl Grey is. Uh, Trash? Oh. Trash. Shit. Earl Grey is garbage. Boy. Nick at BottleCrow.com or at BottleCrow on Twitter for all of your hot takes. If you want to try something, like, it's, it, there's such a, there's such a world of black teas, 
right? Mm-hmm. There's like you can get like a nice like a sort of a, a you know a more floral like fruity tea like a like a Darjeeling. You could oh. get like a Ceylon tea. You could get some a of what Ceylon of breakfast. Tea? I haven't it's, seen Battlestar Galactica. So. Uh, Ceylon is a region on in Sri Lanka, actually. Really, I am learning a lot. Surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, or wait, no, sorry. Ceylon is the former name of Sri Lanka. I don't remember exactly. Was, there's an association okay. between Ceylon and Sri Lanka. Um, there are the the whole suite of breakfast teas. There's chai. Chai is a black tea. Really. Uh huh. Hmm. I would have thought it'd be more like brown green. Okay. So like. I would I would encourage you to to look a little more into that world. Okay. And in fact, listeners, I am going to introduce you to my favorite tea right now. My favorite tea Nick has alluded to is Irish breakfast. Uh you can get Irish breakfast in probably in most grocery stores. Uh you're probably going to find like Twinnings or something and like listen, it's not an optimal experience if you're getting Twinnings, <laughs> but like Irish breakfast, Irish breakfast, it's still pretty good. Um Irish breakfast is kind of like like I would honestly compare it to like a coffee. It's like a tea version of a coffee. Really? Mm-hmm. It's very okay. strong. Uh hmm. and the way I, what, here's what how is strong, I, if I may ask. Is it the like the astringency? Because I've like I've overbrewed <laughs> I've overbrewed in many a tea. And it's just like, oh, this is so strong in the the dryness of my mouth. Is there um, like a flavor that can be strong in the same way yes, coffee there's can a, be strong? There's there's a strength of like flavor and also I mean just like caffeine right like um, mm-hmm. as far as teas I mean like so coffee I mean I don't know listeners if you know numbers on coffee the amount of caffeine in coffee is insane <laughs> yes it's ridiculous it's glorious um but if you compare let's let's let me pull up some numbers real quick okay so uh green tea is gonna have around like thirty to thirty five usual think you're gonna some some with more mm. uh caffeine in a cup of green tea. A good black tea has twice as much as that. Okay. Which is approaching coffee levels. It's not quite there still. It's about two thirds of the way to coffee. Coffee mm-hmm. is out of control. Um, a Starbucks coffee pike place roast in the grande size, which is 16 ounces, is apparently 310 milligrams of caffeine. You could just shoot yourself in the head. It'd be a lot faster. Um, I, I, I don't feel the effects of caffeine very much. But I'm also not a regular coffee drinker. I'm a mm-hmm. heavy coffee drinker, but I'm very irregular. I'm very weird when it comes to caffeine, I think. That's hmm. for another show. So, like, a lot of the breakfast teas are actually tea blends. Okay. Um, and uh, so Irish breakfast tea leans towards Assam tea. Um, but basically, with Irish breakfast, my favorite tea... Here's how I would recommend, as I say, you're probably going to find Twinnings. If you can find, like, a Leon's or a Bulli's, those are both incredible, and I recommend them. But probably you're going to end up with uh, Twinnings, just because okay. that's going to be what's near you. So you get a bag of it. You put it in the bag. You boil some water. You put it in your mug. You boil some <laughs> water. Pour water in. You know how this part works. This one's in the bag. You can also, of course, do it loose leaf. But, you know, you don't really need to. Five minutes. Brew it for five minutes. Okay. Do not do it for more than five minutes. <laughs> you you hear talk about like people overbrewing their tea. It mm. gets gross with Irish breakfast if you overdo it. Yeah, it gets yeah, real imagine. bad. Um, and some people like you'll get some people who hear five that you've brewed your Irish breakfast for five minutes, and they'll they'll be like, oh, geez, because a lot of people <laughs> do like three. Um, mm. so you pull the bag out then. 
you do a dash of milk, you do one spoon of sugar. Hmm. One of the differences between like Irish breakfast and like a coffee is the the milk and sugar is kind of not optional. You can you can skip them really? if you want to, but they're just not like it's just huh. not really an enjoyable flavor without them. The milk I feel like the milk really opens up the flavor of the tea. Hmm. Okay, because I'm a, I'm a, whenever I drink my a lot amount of coffee, I'm normally a black coffee drinker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would still it's recommend. Not that I don't adding. like milk coffee. But... Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe, yeah, I would still yeah, recommend. Maybe that's one of the rookie mistakes I've made. Maybe, maybe because like a lot of teas, like especially I would say that these like these really strong black teas, mm-hmm. it's just like it's 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 almost like a whiskey right and that's a that's a pretentious comparison Mm. but like genuinely like a really good whiskey you add water to it so that you can taste more of it because the flavor is so dense that it kind of just overwhelms itself yeah that's Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. so that's the purpose of the milk there is to sort of like like soften it out open up the flavor interesting so that's my recommended recommendation as far as tea you can also get some nice herbal teas yeah, a good green tea is nice. You said you you drink green tea sometimes. Like, what occasions are your green hmm. tea? I wonder what occasions I would drink. It's just like as a, a thing to drink, generally, I think. Hmm. Like, uh, oh, we we skipped over this. You didn't. I skipped over this. When you were talking about, you know, like sitting down at a restaurant and like having a thing to drink. I would imagine like, you know, you'd sit down at a restaurant and you... Like, I like at certain, like, Asian restaurants and stuff that I go to here. Like, you know, you just get a bunch of tea. Like, you get a tea pot, and then you, mm-hmm. you know, everyone around the table, there's an element of, like, okay, you know, you want to pair it with food and stuff. And then there's an element of, like, hey, you're just, you're going out, you're a human sack of meat with, you know, a bunch of other sacks of meat around the table. Eating is generally, like, it's not even generally. It's, like, fundamentally, it's a very social experience because it's, you know, a fundamental need of all humans and all sorts of primitive stuff and stuff like that. So, like, mm-hmm. the activity, the, you know, time spent with a drink is, like, a social thing. And so it's a it's a nice ritualistic thing to have a cup of tea and stuff like that. So that's yeah, good. It's, so, it's like, nice I would thing. do that. You know, like, I would make tea mm-hmm. with people if they're over or something, you know, sit around well, after or before dinner or something. Or just, like, if I'm sitting at my computer and... Not even if I'm cold. Maybe if I'm cold, you know, it's nice to have a, a warm cup of tea. But if, like, I just want to drink something, like, mm-hmm. I want to I wanna drink something. I don't want to drink water. I'm going to have some tea. And one of the nice things I feel like with tea, so there are, there are a couple, like, coffee is, I'm, I'm not a coffee drinker. I don't like coffee, right? Hmm. I appreciate coffee as in, as what it means to people. And I think coffee smells great. Um, but, like, there are problems with coffee. There are things coffee can't do. <laughs> True. Uh, if you're sensitive to caffeine, you can't have coffee after a certain yep. hour. Yep. Tea, most teas you can have. It'll be fine. Yeah, I have green tea. Like, there's this super cheap too. This entire like aisle, massive aisle at this underground Chinese supermarket I go to is just tea, and it's super mm-hmm. cheap and it's super good. So I get this green tea there, and this it's called hoji cha. It's like roasted green tea. I think it's I think mm-hmm. it's Japanese. Yeah, cha hoji. Yeah. That's really good. Like, I've never had roasted tea before, but th- that is, it's really good. Yeah, that sounds nice. Yeah. But it, I've also gotten oolong tea from there before. Mm-hmm. Not like a big fan, but I hear yeah. it's an acquired thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not a big oolong fan either, but it can, it can be nice in some situations. I don't know. It's, it's mm-hmm. one of those, it's one of those ones, you know? Yeah. Um, but the other thing, the other problem, I think, with coffee, and this is, this is one of those, like, it's a victim of its own success, right? Yeah. 
you talked about the nice like the community aspect of sort of like sitting down with a like a, with a with a you know a kettle of tea and just having tea with a friend, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you can do that with coffee. There's no reason not to do that with coffee, right? Yeah. Except anybody who like who really likes coffee is so used to coffee being the drink that wakes <laughs> them up and like the drink of productivity and the drink of like getting them going that like mm-hmm. it doesn't like it's like it's not special, right? Hmm. Sitting down it's like with it like means a different thing to them, right? Like right, even in a like a Pavlovian way, where they sit down at the computer at work and they they drink coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if you're gonna sit down and sort of have that like that nice like okay, I'm gonna pour a drink for you, and we're both gonna sit here and like have a nice talk. Also, by the way, get some shortbread cookies and have them with your Irish breakfast tea. Oh my <laughs> god, if you can get some Walker's shortbread cookies, those are the best Walker's in my shortbread. opinion. Okay. They're a little on the expensive side, though, but uh. hmm. I don't know. Because, like, I when I would so I'll be working here pretty soon when I graduate. Mm-hmm. Like when I was on like co-ops and internships and stuff, I would reg- more regularly drink coffee like in the morning. Like I make myself a mug of coffee before I you know go to work and stuff, and so right. I drink it in the car, and then I'll sit down and I'll drink coffee. But I can also do the exact same thing, like at home. You know, family's over for Thanksgiving or something. You know, it's nighttime. We'll all have decaf and like a cake that we've made or something like that's i can do that too so for me it's not Mm. really i don't have the like pavlovian thing of like oh like i'm drinking coffee therefore the productivity switches on and i can't sure sure i'm not saying it you like you can't like your brain can't do but it's Mm -hmm. i feel like it 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 ends it lends a different atmosphere like i think one of the advantages coffee has is flavor wise it pairs nice with a lot of desserts Mm -hmm. um that's a nice thing as far as like sitting around after dinner but like if you're sitting, uh, this is this is my perspective, and you can, I would be happy for you to correct me. But like, when I see people like, okay, let's like let's sit and talk and have coffee, right? Mm-hmm. The sitting and talking feels like community to me. The coffee part doesn't. The coffee part is just like, well, we're both here and we're gonna drink a thing. Really? Hmm. That's yeah, that's would, been my be perception of it. But you do hate coffee, though, or you do not yeah, like. You true. do not that's enjoy true. coffee. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, maybe maybe that particular pro of tea that is I was your offering perspective. is. Indeed, indeed. But yeah, try try some green tea. Try some black tea. Try that. Try that Irish breakfast. Um, try an herbal tea. Those are nice, and those like those are the most just something you can drink, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's a nice mandarin orange tea that just has like a nice like orange with like a little bit of spice flavor to it, and it's just like no you caffeine know, in it. You just drink it. You know, one thing I, I can't believe I haven't mentioned. I really started drinking tea when I <laughs> – here's personal info. Freshman year of college, I somehow got mono from our dining hall. Lots of people mm. did, which was just a lovely experience to have like my first – literally first month of college. So I got mono. And one of the things that apparently happens is I think your spleen like swells. Mm-hmm. Sorry if this is nasty. <laughs> your like spleen enlarges a lot. And so my stomach was really upset for a really long time even after like my spleen shrunk. <laughs> my spleen and my my actual like doctor gp recommended ginger tea she's like oh you should just Mm. like have a lot of drink try ginger tea see how that treats you that like that made my life so much better i drank so much ginger tea during like my recovery period from mono for months Mm -hmm. that like i love ginger tea now and it'll be like super somewhat super strong because ginger is naturally like very you know Mm -hmm. biting so I really like ginger tea, and it's got like a, not you know, a somewhat medicinal like feel to it, 
but it's more of like a uh, a nurturing feel. I'm not sure how to explain it, but ginger tea for me is like a very calming, like strengthening thing as well. Yeah, I have I have oh, a lot sometimes. of childhood memories of having uh, chamomile when I was sick. Chamomile. Uh, that's a sort of just that's a, a classic like oh you're sick have chamomile kind of thing. Hmm. Um, a classic herbal tea for for those who are feeling unwell. Um, I don't know. Tea is tea is a big world, and that's like, I guess that's the ultimate thing. Is I feel like we, at, especially here in America, tea does not have as much of the culture as it has, like let's say in Europe or I mean, or a lot of other parts of the world. And I just would encourage you to look into it. And hey, I'm six Detmar on Twitter. Talk to me about tea. I love talking about tea. Tell me about tea. I have really had. loves talking about. Somebody talk to six about tea, please. Tea's great. Somebody talk to him about. Tea. Uh, yeah, but for now, well, that, I think yeah, we should. Good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so we this the, like our just general topic was basically drink pairings for this, but I, I think we'll just end it here, and I'll save like my biggest discussion for later. It was this like stemmed from what when we we're talking about uh, somebody you know a, a listener wrote in to Nick at bottleco.com where you can write oh. all of your flame and feedback. Um, yeah, I'll just I'll just read what they had to say. They, they were talking about uh, drink pairings. Nick, I've been really enjoying the new segment, Jackie's Chow. I don't know if you guys ever read slash answer viewer questions. We do. But I was curious if you could possibly give some recommendations on a brew that might pair well with some of your dishes. Hmm. Uh, for example, if you did an episode on steaks, for example, I would say that a nice ribeye steak topped with some lovely blue cheese would pair well with an ice cold crisp cider. I'd love to hear your thoughts on some lesser known craft brews, perhaps, that everyone should try. Keep it a great... Keep up the great work, Nick and Colin from uh, Anonymous. They wish to name Anonymous. All right. So thank you, thank you for writing in. Um, the, I gotta cider... leave this one. Yeah, I gotta leave this yeah. one to Nick because I, yeah, I don't, I don't drink alcohol very often and never with meals. So really, never with. I didn't know. That. I knew you didn't like alcohol generally. Mm-hmm. What would a strawberry Rita pair well with if you had to? Um, your favorite beverage. I mean, like honestly, I think it would pair nicely with like a strawberry Belgian waffle. That actually sounds because it's like it's the bubbliness. So if you had like a heavy syrup and a crisp, mm-hmm. man, that was that was actually brilliant, legitimately brilliant, <laughs> amazing. Thank you for that. Yeah, I mean, like we'll we'll uh, we'll keep this in mind moving forward. You know, the next step. You know, pairing drinks. Sure, if if mm-hmm. something comes to mind, we will definitely think about that. Uh, the cider, especially, like normally. Hmm, trying to think about how to describe my taste and like beer and brews and stuff it's very diverse i generally don't like ipas which is unfortunately for me because they are just the hot shit as hot as avocado toast right now apparently mm-hmm. everyone has 20 ipas and like two stouts um so you know i'm not a big ipa guy i'm also not normally like a big cider guy i don't know like i've had a few decent ciders but actually it was a good time. Like over this past week, like we went out to celebrate like a thing we we're doing at school. And uh, what the heck did I have? I had this really good cheeseburger. It was this like cool like pub type place-ish. So I had this really good cheeseburger and like cheeseburger and fries. Like, oh, yeah, that's what I need. And they recommended like it was, you know, it's a hip Philly place. So they had a recommendation for a drink. And they recommended this thing uh, yeah, I found online. Uh Lavery Brewery Company, Lavery Brewing Company in EVPA, this uh they're like Dixon's hard cider. And it was I liked it. Hmm. Which was weird. So I yeah. I don't know. Like 
I, I'm still figuring out my tastes when it comes to pairings and stuff, but mm-hmm. you know, there's there's general rules we can abide by. Sure, and I mean, you know, there are the there are the classics. Like we we had those chicken recipes before. Mm-hmm. If you're having like a nice light sort of like I did the like the um, chicken piccata, which is like a nice like light lemony like garlic th- garlic th- uh whew, garlicky <laughs> chicken thigh. We're fading fast. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a white wine kind of meal. Like that's just yeah. that's just food one oh one. It's like chicken, white wine, you know? Yeah. I mean um, a big thing with like we can talk you know, there's general rules for pairings and stuff, but a big part of it always comes down to just like preference. Like in the end, mm-hmm. preference. Like I I don't normally like cider, right? But I like this Dixon cider, you know, Erie PA, microbrewery. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm lost in untapped dot com. What if they have a podcast? Cider podcast. This is your cue to kill close the episode. Uh, well, we have other things to talk about, so... Wait, we, we do? Can't. We have Lore of the Week and Anags of the Week, Nick. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I was why I tried getting to close lost. the topic Welcome earlier. to Cider Chat, your podcast and Cider Hub podcast. The latest episode of, C- of Cider Chat podcast goes live April 18th, so it's already out there. One twenty four. no input apples at Big Fish Cider. So our Lore of the Week this week is for Darkseer. Yes. Darkseer actually has a name. I honestly didn't know this until I saw a Reddit thread that was like the hero of the week this week. Yeah, his his I name is apparently Ishkafel. Bless you. Which is yeah, no, definitely. I mean, there's there's an apostrophe in there. It's a very fucking like World of Warcraft elf name. It's mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and read his his little lore paragraph here. A fast one needs to be, and a cunning strategist, Ishkafel the Darkseer requires no edged weapons to re- to vanquish his enemies. Relying instead on the strength of his powerful mind, he punches people. That's not his mind. <laughs> his talent lies in his ability to maneuver the fight to his advantage. Hailing from a place he calls the land behind the wall, Darkseer remains here as an outsider. A warrior from be- from a realm beyond the veil of this reality, once a great general among his people and a valiant defender of the god thing Demathrix. God thing? God, god king. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, brain. That, 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 that here, god thing. Uh, Darkseer's army was wiped out by a much larger force in the final days of the Great Boundaries War. Facing certain defeat, <laughs> he made one last desperate act. He led the enemy forces into a maze between the walls. At the last moment, just before his capture, he crossed over, then sealed the walls forever in an explosive release of dark energy. When the dust settled, he saw he had saved his people, but found himself blinking at the sun of a different world with no way to return. Now he is committed to proving his worth as a military strategist, and vows to show he's the greatest tactician this strange new world has ever seen. Nick, I've got a question for you. Yes. What if Sun Tzu was an alien, and then also all of his backstory was irrelevant because he could never go home? Who is uh, who is Sun Tzu? Is that a real question? Yeah. Yep. Is that a real question? Sun Tzu? Sun Tzu, Sun... the art of war? Are you kidding me? Uh, I didn't know his name. What? Like I'm, <laughs> I've seen it before, but I didn't know the... The name of the author of the Art of War. What? I'm sure it's not. Hold on, hold on, hold <laughs> on. Is it even pronounced Sun Tzu? I'm sorry to to you know make the put this upon you. It's Sun Tzu pronunciation. Please let the first result be Emma. Emma, I love you. 
Emma, you're the best. Okay, here we go. How to pronounce Sun Tzu. Give me a second. It's loading. It's doing the hypnotic spiral shit. Sun Tzu. You're not, you're not too far off. I'm, I'm Americanizing it. It's, it's because Sun it's, it's, it's I didn't even know so, you were saying a Chinese name. It's because it's so well known that it is Americanized. That's fair. And I'm sure in ancient I, times, you know, I, Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu. I, I can't was pronounced Sun Tzu. I genuinely can't. Anyway, that's super not important. Please, and I'm getting please tweet at us if you knew the name of the author of The Art of War off the top of your head. Right off the dome. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, he is also the subject of our Ags of the Week. Bum, bum, bum. Nick, do you have anything prepared for this Ags of the Week? No. <laughs> yeah, seeing as you forgot we had it, I thought that might be the case. That's fine. That's fine. We, yep. could, we could keep this shorter anyway. Uh, yeah. We're already an hour and a half in. Uh, <laughs> What's happened? What happened to our podcast? What did we become one of the long ones? Honestly. Like, like the last uh, like couple of months, like month and a half, it just we just flipped the switch and now we're the long a, ones. A roller coaster that only goes up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, my AGS idea affects uh, his ultimate. By the way, we know he has an AGS upgrade. It's boring. It's literally a percentage change. It's and they're getting boring. rid of those ones anyways. So, mm-hmm. so his his ultimate ability, Wall of Replica, and specifically, it changes it into a different ability. Thank God. Sort of. It changes it into an ability called Wall of the Maze, which is of course a reference to his mm-hmm. lore. And enemies that pass through are trapped between dimensions temporarily. So here's how this works. That's just color text, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like a normal wall of replica. You walk through it, and then an illusion of you is created that Darkseer can control, that attacks you, and also you get a little bit of a movement speed slow. But there's another thing that happens to you. You can no longer see the terrain. <laughs> the terrain is still there. You can still bump mm-hmm. into it, and you can see other heroes and spell effects. But the world just looks <laughs> like a black void. That's that's great. That that is I, great. I feel like part of the like the 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 like the what the lo- the fantasy the, the fantasy of the wall of replica is like mm-hmm. oh and you're like sowing discord it's a wall. right it's like you know you, if you pass through a wall if you pass through like a gate you want something to be on the other side you don't want it to mm-hmm. be like oh and now I'm on the other side of the middle lane what an adventure. And, uh, and also, you're supposed to like, oh, like, oh, that's yeah. It says the the color, the flavor text says like, uh, blah, blah blah, prismatic wall with powerful strength of mind, sowing confusion among enemy ranks. No one's confused when they God, walk through Dark wall Sears of replica. Just so trash right now. Wall is so bad. It's really bad, and I don't know that this would necessarily make him good, but at least it'd be cool. It's better. It's a step in the right direction, and I like it because yeah, I like it. It's kind of like spe- what they added to Spectre, uh, Desolate. Mm. Where, like, it reduces their vision around mm-hmm. you temporarily. You're like, I don't know if they put a name to it or something. You're desolated if she hits you with desolate. And I, I like that. That's, you know, it's a cool thing. It fits the theme. It could be interesting. What if, you know, if they pass through the wall in the same direction, it undoes immediately? Mm. That would be cool. That could be interesting. I don't know why you would do that, but yeah. yeah. Very, I like that. Thank you. Yeah. 
Well, and thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Bottle Crow. Hey, we're going to get a, probably get it done in under one thirty. Once I've edited out, you know, certain things. Anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening. Been another episode. You can find us on your podcast or choice. In fact, you probably did. We would appreciate it if you recommended us to a friend or gave us a rating or review if that service you're using has one of those. Help us, you know, climb the ranks and make pump, people see us. Pump, pump, pump it up. I want to give a big thank you to Jeffrey Price, a.k.a. Pomodi, who made the intro and outro music on the show, which is the Highlander Music Pack. You can find that in the Steam Workshop if you want to help it get in-game in Dota 2. I also want to give a big thank you to Ashley Ryan, a.k.a. Svimmy, who did our podcast art. Uh, you can get a commission of your own if you want to go to patreon.com slash Svimmy. Uh, Scanline Media stuff. I, I, think, I think I'll have the plug thing done this time. I think I can just wow, plug that in I'd here. I would be proud of you if you did. Run Howard voice. V didn't. Yeah, and I said if you that. didn't, I would still be proud of you, unless Sun Tzu says otherwise. If fighting is sure to result in victory, then you must fight. Is that a, is that a good quote? It probably is. It's something. Anyway, Nick, Six. what do we do? We we say goodbye at this point, right? What do we do at this? What this is? What's our last segment of the show? Uh, I want to make a Flophouse joke here, but... You I think the last segment of this show is called Sick, Six Really Needs to Use the Bathroom. So, good night. Peace out.